0: Well, random question of the day to get us started. Potato chips, everybody's favorite. I'm just going to say it's everybody's favorite. Do you guys have a favorite flavor? I'm going to come in right now and say due to food intolerances, I have a love-hate relationship with potato chips. So flavors are kind of off the table. But I'll put it over to you two.
1: Salt.
2: (laughs) Salty flavor. (laughs)
1: So so like original, are you like a Ruffles, like Um, a Ridges, or like a straight, like classic Lays? it would probably be the cape cod potato
2: chips they're a okay. game changer um but just the saltiness of them if i had to pick a flavor outside of standard potato chips it would be sour cream and onion
1: i'd probably have to go like probably like harvest cheddar from like the like sun chips um i don't know if they're like considered chips i mean I they're like, Aren't they a potato chip, chips though? potato <laughs> chips <laughs> They are not made from potatoes. Like cheddar and sour cream ruffles are, I had to choose.
0: You got to get the extra little salt within like the texture of it. Yeah. These like flat potato chips don't know what those are. Nope. Well, on the vein of potato chips, which is a perfect segue to what we're talking about today. Total sarcasm. We are following up on an episode that was published back at the end of January of the season. That was AJ, myself, and Matthew talking about using technology for employee engagement. Once we wrapped that episode, we were like, it would be great to take Todd's time because he loves to talk and ask him questions about all of his views from a leadership perspective on technology and employee engagement. A lot of big words there, but it's the Tech for Business podcast. I'm Kelsey. I'm a member of our marketing team moderating. Todd is our COO and CISO, and then AJ is a customer... strategy advisor. I got that one right. CSA. There's a lot of acronyms in tech, but we're all sitting down. AJ and I are also members of our employee engagement committee, EEC, another acronym. But AJ, I'll pass it off to you to put our first question to Todd this morning.
1: Yeah. um, So kind of how have you seen, like, obviously, like with employee engagement, we've had to change how we're interacting with each other with, our workforce being primarily remote now um how has that changed if anything how you think about um what you want to see us accomplishing
2: sure thanks um so for, from my perspective just uh kind of backing up a little bit when when we did not have a strategic i'm sorry i almost went strategic engagement <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have employee engagement team um we were very much Min, uh, Central Minnesota, Western Wisconsin team, and everybody was in person, on site all the time. And um, we had a tendency to do the same things over and over again, whether it was convenient or a few people liked it or whatever the case may be. Um, we kind of went through a process, and I was kind of looking at it and I go, how do we know our employees even like what we're doing? Did we even ask? Uh, and the answer was no, we didn't. And so uh, I said, well, why not? We'd probably do that, and uh, so so that was kind of how things started originally. But um, to answer the question that you asked just now is, I feel it's incredibly important. I, I'm we have employees that are across the country, so we have them everywhere. And when we used to be the traditional company that we were, we've been around for thirty years. It was easy to say, hey, we're going to meet up at whatever baseball field, whatever the case may be. We're going to go to an amusement park and everybody just gathered if they wanted to. And now you're like, well, that's not all inclusive. We've got half our staff in various places from Florida, to Alaska and everything in between. When you look at that, you go, how do we make sure that we try to keep everybody engaged? How do they feel like they're included? Um, I know from my perspective, you see so much about – People quitting and not being able to to go to their jobs and if they can work remote, that's what they're going to default to. And while I think that's fantastic, I think you lose pieces of what traditional bonding human culture is based on social interactions. And if you don't have any capabilities of doing that in any form, they're automatically excluded. Now, obviously, there's introverts that would much rather prefer to be completely left alone. However, even they do like some interaction and feel like they're part of a team as well.
0: So yeah, yeah no. For everybody listening here, as I just kind of rolled my eyes, because I'm like, yeah, I'm that person that I was onboarded <laughs> remotely. So for me, I'm like, I've heard of these things, never experienced that part. So that's been an interesting to go. Yeah, for me, it's just normal to go. I'm going to chat my work bestie who's in Anchorage. Casual, like never going to probably meet this person in person, maybe someday in the future, but that's fine. And that's not odd to me. Um, so that's an interesting point just to put forward, just to talk on that just a little bit, but AJ, I totally talked over you. So go no, ahead.
1: No, that's okay. And I think part of it is, um, like Matthew is in, you know, a remote location. he's in Alaska and he did it, you know, he's one of the people who is just like, Hey, cool. I want to be part of it. Um, but I could see like Todd, from your perspective, like trying to like elicit more of the remote feedback of like okay let's make sure we have somebody it already happened so that conversation didn't need to happen but i can see how as you know from the leadership perspective it's like hey somebody who is on all of these meetings should be not in um not capable of going to everything because they're remote um and so i could see you know you obviously didn't have to have that conversation but I can see that conversation coming through and being like hey this is really change let's make sure we're including these people um, so I think that's important too uh, we kind of just had that dynamic already because uh, Matthew was outgoing enough and wanted to be part of it and um, we've gotten more you know remote employees um, who join uh, so that's you know it's nice just to be able to throw stuff to him um, has the your thought of the number of events changed or like that you want to like see because like we we do the traditional like i think everybody has like the end of year or like the once a year like bigger kind of event um is there other things that you like to see you know with these remote capabilities
2: I think for, for us, and this may not apply to most organizations, um, although I think it is relatively common from a lot of the places that I've worked in the past, we try to do two things a year. Um, so we try to do something in the summertime, and then we also try to do our end of year celebration in some shape, manner, or form. Um, and that number feels pretty good. I, I There are things that I just feel like you kind of got to keep things going, otherwise people don't feel like they're included. And it's, you know, I never talk to those people, or I don't get the opportunity to see people, or whatever the case may be. Um so I, I think it's important to do it more than once a year. At least that's my perspective on it. Uh, I did want to kind of expand on the uh, the working remote thing and trying to get those and people in the engagement, it, especially if you have a committee. I think it's incredibly important, right? If you don't have that, how do you know you're getting what you need? Now, Kelsey said she would. She's been remote. She works remote. That's kind of the way things is are for her. But but I do see her from time to time in person. So it, it, she has the opportunity. <laughs> To, to get together that they don't. And so it, it, you kind of look at that and you go, what? Well, again, I don't know how I include them unless I ask. And um, one thing, and I you know I'm completely off the topic that you asked originally, but I'll try to get back. I swear, I, find, I may not. Um, is I don't know what that would feel like. I'm not that person. I'm a little more social. I like to talk. I want to be in person. I like shaking hands and kissing babies. That's kind of my thing. Uh, well it's winter here you get sick when you kiss babies so don't do that anyways um so so as we go through that sorry um I, I want to make sure that we're talking to them so actually for what it's worth when we do our onboarding process I talk about the employee engagement committee to every employee that we bring on and saying we've got this team they doing a lot of really great things whether it's trying to do book clubs or how to engage things throughout the year whatever the case may be they're doing a lot of those things. They're always open to having people join, too. So if it's something that you're interested, it's easy enough to figure out how to move forward on it. Um, But then I did. I do remember very specifically encouraging Matthew to to join. I was like, I don't know how to engage you. You're in Alaska. I would love your feedback from a leader's perspective. One of the biggest concerns I had with it, and I've shared this with you guys in the past is. I don't want to be the guy that shows up and says, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And the reason is I don't want to be the influence that says, well, Todd mentioned it. He clearly wants to do it. We should figure out how to make that happen. Um, and and I just want it to be like, it was just an idea. You don't have to do anything with it. But I want that team to not have that top-down influence that says, you, you got to think about this and you got to think about that. That team knows much better what's important and meaningful than I do. I tend to get a little disconnected because, like I said, I want to be in person. I want to shake hands. I want to go do the thing.
1: um how has your thought about like spend um change because it's you know we have the 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 things that didn't cost money at the office uh when we were in the office was like we would play basketball or bags or you know it was a minimal cost or we'd do a grill out which was you know maybe a couple hundred bucks um you know but there's a lot of different spends that we have now. Thankfully, we've found ways to not do it of, like, the book club. It's just creating a, you know, a a regular meeting that reoccurs third Thursday. Okay, everybody knows. Um, And encouraging other people to do that. But when it comes to other outreach um, for remote employees, has it changed kind of how you think about the spend per employee or – um what's that kind of thought process like um i think the answer is yes <laughs> um it, it just naturally had to happen
2: there are things that definitely come up uh just thinking about spend in general tells had mentioned it earlier it was i may never see that individual aside from video what would that be like and you know it often comes up and says what would it be like if we had some sort of outreach where we had people have the capability of meeting us someplace um so there have been things that we've done that are somewhat creative I don't think they've been formalized but I'll use an example is from time to time we'll bring people to conferences that may or may not have had an opportunity to do that in the past Um, so for example our security team said I'm going to be at this conference. If you'd like to join us, we can figure out how to to meet up and and get together for dinners or whatever the case may be. Um, Those were very easy to do because it was already business related. And it wasn't like, well, what I'm really going to do is I'm going to fly you to Minnesota and then we're going to put you in a hotel and you you have to come into the office and you have to meet all these people. Kind of a different experience. But it was something that you consciously look at and say, what does the budget look like for that? Um, but then kind of expanding on it, there are a lot of other things that, that I think are great too. And again, this is where I think the power of the employee engagement committee comes from is they have the capability of going and thinking outside of the box and says, what would be fun? What if we did Dungeons and Dragons? What if we did book club? What if we did? And most of those things you can do remote, um, as Kelsey mentioned, I have the CISO title, so I know that my security do- team does this. And this is maybe a little uh, nod to an organization. It's free, so there's no no cost associated with it. But there is a group called Black Hills Information Security, and they have a card game, which somebody has turned into a web tool called Backdoors and Breaches. And our security team has got a schedule on a Friday evening where we're going to like four o'clock at night. We're just basically shutting it down. We'll be on call we'll be shutting it down and just kind of going, all right, we're going to work through this as a game. And the intent is to have fun, team building, etc. But there's no cost to it other than our employees are there. So kind of like you said, with the bags and the the basketball hoops, there's creative ways to still get that engagement, still have things that are very team building type things. And then also it is important to do the additional spend on things that do matter. Like when we do our in-person events, this is something that maybe is, obvious. I don't think it is, but maybe it is. When we do our in-person events, we we kind of say, you know, we think that cost is whatever. I'll just use a random number. Please don't put anything on this. It's just a number. It's going to cost us about $500 an employee to have that event. We want to then take that, that dollar amount and say, we're going to make that available for the people that flat out can't make it. So we'll just do something that's in a similar vein. That may be a gift. It may be a party, whatever the case may be. There was a conversation that said, what if we had a group? Hypothetically, we had four employees that were in a single city and they could easily get together. What if we funded the dinner? What if we funded the party? Whatever the case may be, those are absolutely things we want to consider and find ways to ha- make happen so we can still celebrate our organization amongst ourselves.
0: Well, this is a little bit of a tangent off what you're talking about, but maybe think of it as right before everybody was in the same spot. And now we've not only gone remote, but we've also gotten bigger. So, right. Previously, if we were saying, oh, yeah, there's 50 people, that's easier to work with and to budget for than right now. You're saying, OK, the security team does this and they do that and they do these things, which is great. But then how do you look at it and say, what does that look like? I'm part of a two person department. Spoilers. So, right, that's a little bit different that I'm like, yeah, Tara and I talked for five hours yesterday. Casual. That's just getting work done. Um, but right as teams grow, there's so many different dynamics. How do you look at that and how do you kind of prioritize and foster that?
2: um well the fostering is being supportive at least from the the leadership aspect of it um i i want teams to feel like they're empowered to do the things they need and then if they need funding if they need encouragement whatever the case may be that that's typically what i expect them to come back and say we're thinking this what are your thoughts how can we make that happen um there are times when as you mentioned there's budget concerns and we go yeah yeah, yeah, no but let's think about how we can make that happen next year um You know, there is our our accounting team actually did a a team gathering and they're all local, but they all went out to lunch the other day and they managed to take their lunchtime and and do their team building and had a meeting during lunch, etc. So there are ways of doing some of those things. And um, but again, I'm not necessarily fostering it as much as I'm encouraging it and saying, yeah, do what you need to do. Um, I'll happily pay for lunch. That's no problem.
0: Same. Choose your adventure. I like it, and this is a little bit maybe off topic, but because I'm on social media too often, I just saw something that was like, right, don't expect your employees to spend their evening time or their weekend time. Because we did see that as an EC that we were like, oh, we'll get together on a Sunday and we'll watch football. And everybody was like, I don't really want to drive to Woodbury and watch it when I can watch it at home on my couch with my family. And I was like, I get it. We still put it out there as a thing. And people were like, nah. And we were like, well, that's the answer. We'd rather have you say no than say yes and then not like it (laughs) granted that wasn't a forced thing but right we've all i've never been to one of those things but there's certain right that we could easily fall into that bracket of going we're spending the money you got to be there it's important for you to be there how do you kind of walk that fine line of saying hey you don't have to just use your lunch you don't have to use your friday night what are your thoughts on using work time for team building
2: yeah. I, so, it, again, my my um, point of what I was saying is they happened to do it over lunch, but, you know, it could have been at three o'clock ad, in the afternoon. I'd have been completely fine with that. I mean, again, one thing I think people forget is. Um, we used to do a lot of that in person, I when I worked in other organizations, they always called it the, the flypaper meeting, right? Somebody walked by and they kind of got sucked into a meeting. And a lot of times it's just a casual conversation. There's nothing to it. Those happen and those, in my opinion, are important conversations. You're having them today in a modern world with the new tools, et cetera. You're typically having them via chat or, hey, can you jump on a quick call or whatever the case may be. They're still happening. They just don't tend to happen in groups as much. Um, But going back to where I was originally trying to make my point is. It's what you expect is an organization has a certain amount of time that isn't expected to be. You must be at your keyboard for nine straight hours. That is not the intent. Organizations don't actually expect that of you. Um, I shouldn't say that. There may be some organizations that expect that out of you. But most organizations don't, right? They understand that people get up, they stretch, they go to the bathroom, they get coffee, what all all of that matters. And in fact, there's a tons of studies out there that say if you get up and you walk around, your mind works differently. And you can actually solve problems better by doing those kinds of things. So in my opinion, those things are very, very important. And again, kind of getting back to where I was intending to say this is there are times that I would anticipate that there is an extra, if you're not in video, you can't see me doing the quotes, productive periods of time where people are, Pounding away on the keyboard—that is not what it should have to look like. The security one—it's it's it's at the end of the day, and it could potentially go an hour past to the end of the day for work. If it does, people can drop off; it's totally fine. But it was intended to be during the uh, the workday, so we were carving out a portion of the workday, saying this is what we're making time for now. In that particular case, that group does potentially have to be on call and could potentially get pulled over for an emergency of, hey, we need you to work on this or you know, drop off for 10 minutes while they look at something. All of that is perfectly acceptable, but the intent was still to get the engagement, the team building, doing all the things that are important. Not every team is like that, though, or there, there are emergencies popping up all the time.
0: No, and I wasn't. That sounded like I was poking on those going, they were at lunch. That was thereafter. Not what I was saying. But right, I mean, that's kind of a good point of it. It's a Friday afternoon. There's probably less emergencies coming through on a Friday afternoon. So you're being strategic about the time frame that you're picking instead of Monday morning when everybody's forgot their password. I'm pointing at myself when I say that. Not anybody else, but just side notes there. But I think, too, where was I going with that? Mm, I was going with even right for marketing. We're not customer facing. So Tara and I one day literally went and just painted pottery because we were like, it's creativity. We also did an event venue tour and other things layered in those days that we were like, because we're going to be here, let's do that because there's two of us. And that's kind of the getting up and walking around thing. Because as you say that, I'm going, yeah, do I take those breaks? Hmm.
2: It's easy. It's easy to forget to take them, right? when you're at the computer and you're chatting and whatever, it's, it's hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, I don't want to tangent off too much, but it's like, you know, like even just getting a cup of coffee in the office, you know, like, or water or whatever beverage you um, indulge in um, is, you know, it, it, it's easy to tangent sometimes and like be able to talk to somebody when you don't have that. Um, so I think, you you know, fully utilizing the tools and and being able to enable the teams to be like, hey, here's the tools um in order to you know work together better um you know i know that that's something that we're working on uh in the ec is like kind of having that like kit that like on that onboarding that you talk to people todd is that you can give that hey if you really want to have a, you know a, you know a frisbee golf group you know here's how you set it up. You know, like here's a basic toolkit on like what we're hoping for. Or if you wanna start, um, you know, a little um, like knitting club and you wanna meet remotely and do that, here's how you do it. Um, So I know that that's something that we're working on um, that we'd like to provide to you, but I feel like that is um, kind of a toolkit that I would like, um, you know, that I feel like is important uh, for um, the organization. So.
2: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Again, I I love Kelsey's comment too, which I think wasn't exactly designed to tie to what you just said, but the creativity of doing something that helps you think of new things and and go through a process that kind of goes, well, what if, what if this, what if I had a toolkit, et cetera? I think it's outstanding. I, I love it.
1: Is there anything else on that? vein that you either have like i don't want this to be like a critique of EEC, but like something that like we've done or implemented that you like uh or something that you haven't liked or something that we can like learn from you know like oh that event didn't go how we wanted it to um kind of thing any examples like that
2: no from from my perspective there aren't any negatives that went with it again so you'll bear with me as i go tangenting across the country but is what i do um some of the most amazing productive efficient effective teams are the ones that are self-forming so again if anybody knows me some of them that i really enjoy listening to is is a simon cynic self-forming teams are amazing. And our EEC team is a self-forming team, right? All we said is, here's a concept. What would you do with it? The team got themselves together. They invited people. They expanded. They pull in additional people as needed. It's an incredibly powerful process. And I've purposely kept my fingers out of it. Like I said, I don't want to influence it. But it's doing exactly what I would have dreamt of. Of If you're in a perfect world, what would it look like? It looks like this. I, I didn't have anything to do with it other than let's see what this looks like and start to move it along and hopefully it goes. So from that perspective, I think that if anybody's out there that's interested in what it potentially looks like, we can certainly have conversations about it because we have one. And in my opinion, it's an incredibly powerful effective process. but ultimately from my perspective the fact that it's self it's self-designed it's bringing stuff up it's creating ideas even when things don't go right the the football example that you mentioned earlier is a great one right we think this is a good idea we're going to throw it out to the world and the world says nope that was terrible we're not doing that great we still tried but we learned right we understand that kelsey's point maybe afternoons evenings and weekends aren't the time that people want to put their work hats back on or even gather so if that's true let's let's pivot and change and i think that group has been tremendously adept at doing that adept adept they've been adept at adapting
0: any of the eight words
2: <laughs> <laughs> all of them
0: all of them I know we're kind of getting close on time. as much as I could open up a whole nother tangent. But AJ, do you have anything else that you'd like to kind of comment on?
1: No, I, you know, we've obviously outside of podcast format, we've we've heard, you know, uh, Todd's feedback and we appreciate that. Um, But just, you know, having that open conversation between the leadership and whatever group that is, um, is really paramount of just, you know, being like, hey, you're doing a great job and having that feedback. We had a recent, you know, employee survey that had that culture and involvement. Um, so getting that feedback as well, being like, "Are we doing the right thing?" You know, because it's like it, it's easy to see, you know, other metrics, work-related, uh, closed tickets, hours worked, you know, like response times. You can you can see other processes coming through, um, but employee engagement is a little harder to, to kind of get, get a, a grasp on. Um, so having some sort of survey was really nice for us to have some of that feedback, uh, and know that, you know, as an EEC, Todd appreciates what we're doing. He, he likes how we're doing it on a leadership side, but also like on an organization side, um, you know, that feedback was nice as well. And honestly, like. We've been, what, doing this over a year and a half, two years?
0: It's a year and a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's,
1: like, it, it's taken a while to, like, get it going. Uh, but I feel like we're in a good spot as well. So, you know, if anybody is out there and they want to, you know, create this committee, it's it's not going to hit right away. Uh, you're going to hit some spots where it's, okay, that didn't work or this is working um, stick with it. Um, you know, it, in the end, it's, you know, you, you get the things that work for your organization uh, and what worked for your organization may not be what works for other organizations. So uh, keep trying things, keep people engaged and, you know, just continue working through it.
0: That's the best way to close it out. I'm like, I could keep on going, but that was so beautiful that there's nothing else I could say beyond, yeah, you can always connect with us on LinkedIn or via email if you want to talk to us. But right, that's kind of a whole separate, but I will wrap us out. But thank you, Todd. Thank you, AJ, so much for sitting down and chatting today. If anybody does have questions for any one of us, you can reach out at info at cit-net.com. We'll give you our LinkedIn right through there. So send us an email or else you can always go out to our website at www.cit-net.com backslash podcast and we'll be back next week with another episode